This is Sustainable-ish with me, Jen Gale, and it is great to have you here. Listen in each week and I hope I can brighten up your day and leave you feeling inspired and excited about the magnificent human being that you are and the power that you have to create a better world. You won't find any expectations of eco-warrior perfection here. There's no obligatory tree hugging. You won't be judged if you drive a car, wear leather shoes, or eat the odd pack of Haribo every now and then. I'll be sharing my own gems of wisdom for sustainable-ish living, and I also relentlessly scour the internet for people doing amazing things to tackle the big environmental issues that we're facing, and I hound them until they agree to come on and inspire us all with their fabulousness and the positive change that they're making. So sit back, listen in, and get ready to change the world one baby step at a time. Hello, hello, hello. How are you doing? Thank you so much for tuning in, for joining me, for allowing me into your earbuds or on your dog walk or wherever you happen to be. How is it going? Is it just me or was June literally only about three days long? I have no idea how it's July already. And July means two things primarily for me. It means that... uh, the kids have only got a week, a couple of weeks left at school, which fills me with that uh, sort of mild sense of dread of quite how I'm going to entertain them for six, seven weeks, however long it is. And also Plastic Free July. Now, if you haven't heard of Plastic Free July, I can only assume you have been hiding under a rock. But actually, that might be a bit mean because I am very much aware that I, my social media um, feeds are uh, very um, curated and uh, filled with Plastic Free July at this time of year, but that not everybody lives in the same eco-bubble that I do. So Plastic Free July is a campaign that started in Australia as just a very small local campaign, um, the brainchild of one lady, Rebecca Prince Ruiz, and I'm probably saying that wrong, so apologies, Rebecca, because obviously I know you'll be tuning into this. Um, But now it's in its 10th year, and it is this truly global and hugely impactful campaign. And according to the website, in July 2020, over 300 million people took part in the challenge from over 170 different countries. That's mental, isn't it? And if that doesn't demonstrate the power of just one person wanting to make a difference, starting a thing, then I am not entirely sure what does. Now, I first heard about Plastic Free July several years ago, but for a long time, I kind of ignored it because I was putting plastic in the too hard to too hard to deal with box. And it was something I was sort of semi-intentionally looking away from. And every July, I would start seeing Plastic Free July posts on my social media feed and think, yes, Yes, this year, maybe this year I'll join in. Because you see, in my head, joining in with Plastic Free July meant that I had to be plastic free during the month of July. That's what it says on the tin, isn't it? And as I'd only decide on the 1st of July, because I'm the world's worst planner, that I was going to have a go, inevitably I would fail. Because guess what? Having a month plastic free is really quite hard and it takes a huge amount of preparation and building up to. It's not just something you can randomly decide you're going to do, or certainly it's not something I found I could randomly decide to do. So every year I would pledge to join in to be plastic free for a whole month and then I'd open the fridge to take out the milk to make a cup of tea 
and feel like I'd failed at the first hurdle. But actually what slowly dawned on me was that Plastic Free July isn't about being plastic free in July. It's about using the month as a focus point and some motivation for reducing single-use plastic. Needless to say, now I've had that little light bulb moment, I am now fully on board with Plastic Free July and embrace it as an opportunity to share some plastic free-ish swaps and ideas and as a great excuse to talk about plastic if, as, if, as if I ever need one and some of the changes that we can all make. So I wanted to do a little solo episode to kick off Plastic Free July here at Sustainable-ish and was trying to think about what I could do. Simply listing off a whole load of swaps might be vaguely helpful for some, but it probably isn't the most exciting listen, is it? So what I'm going to do instead is to bust a few of the myths that I think exist around this term plastic free, around this idea of plastic free living in case you're like me and finding it a little bit off-putting and daunting and like you're never going to be plastic free, so it all feels a bit pointless even trying. So that's my first point. I don't think any of us can be plastic free. I think if we're living in the Western world, if we live what most people would call an air quotes, can't see me doing my bunny ears, normal life, whatever that might mean, then being plastic free is almost impossible because plastic is everywhere. I'm sat recording this on a plastic chair, using a plastic microphone, wearing plastic headphones and recording on a plastic computer. A lot of my clothes are made of plastic, much of the food we eat comes wrapped in plastic and that's before I even start to look at the mountain of plastic that seems to come along when the kids came into our lives. And not all plastic is bad plastic. Plastic has become very demonised and actually it can be a really useful material. It's lightweight, it's robust, it's long-lasting. The problem comes when we use such a durable, robust, long-lasting material for single-use items. So that's why I, in the theme of sustainable-ish, prefer to talk about plastic-free-ish, about less plastic rather than no plastic. Because while very few of us could, or maybe even would, aspire to be plastic-free, we can all make a start. We can all use a bit less plastic whether that means refilling or reusing or swapping out for a non-plastic alternative or something else. Okay, myth number two that we need to bust. It's easy to look on social media and to think that plastic-free living is all about glass kilner jars, matching sets of bamboo cutlery and metal tins, pristine undented metal tiffin tins, I think they're called, aren't they? And that plastic free living might also mean being able to fit all your plastic waste waste for the year into a mason jar. Nope. (laughs) Well, at least not my version. The Instagram ideal that we often see touted about online is beautiful hipsters gaily tripping around the farmer's markets and the local zero waste shops with their hessian shopping bags and their glass jars at the ready. But for the rest of us, certainly for me, please tell me it is for the rest of you as well, that couldn't be further from the truth. For me, it's remembering to take my reusable shopping bags with me as I battle around the supermarket, often with a child or two in tow, trying not to cave into their demands for plastic, for packets of plastic wrapped sweets and for all those magazines that are festooned with plastic tat. 
For me, it's ordering a fruit and veg box to come delivered to my door. Pretty much entirely plastic free. Nice, easy cop out for me there. It's about buying a five litre bottle of shower gel to fill our smaller bottles with when it turns out that actually no one else in the family really likes using soap. And actually during a pandemic, it's quite important that hands are washed. (laughs) It's about trying to find the right blooming lid for the Tupperware pot I want to put the leftovers in amongst the Tupperware drawer of doom. You know the one I mean. Don't deny it. We all have one. All of these small things, all far from plastic-free perfection, but all plastic-free-ish and plastic-free progress. So another myth, another thing that might stop us starting, that might put us off, um, that is compounded again by social media, is this idea that plastic-free living will be more expensive. Because the more mainstream that this idea of plastic-free or plastic-less becomes, the more popular it becomes, the more retailers will see it as a trend and jump on the bandwagon. That's how they make their money. And it can suddenly start to feel like you have to spend a small fortune on your essential zero-waste kit to feel like you're doing it properly. But you know what? There's no such thing as doing it properly, only working out what works for you and for your family and then doing that. So if your lifestyle isn't one of daily commutes, probably a bad example, whose lifestyle is one of daily commutes at the moment, and grabbing takeaway coffees on the go, maybe, I'm going to whisper, you don't even need a reusable coffee cup. If you don't have kids and never actually use straws, Don't feel like you have to buy a set of stainless steel ones complete with an albeit very cute teeny tiny pipe cleaner to be a bona fide plastic free warrior. Actually, taking plastic free-ish steps could save you some money. Taking your own water bottle and refilling it with tap water saves you the cost of all those bottles of mineral water. Buying loose fruit and veg from the local greengrocer can sometimes be a bit cheaper than a supermarket. Using a zero waste shop can mean that you only buy the amounts that you need, which is great, especially if it's something that you're just wanting to try a little bit of to see if the kids will eat it. And the last myth that I wanna touch on is that plastic free living means this big lifestyle shift and that you need to devote all your time and energy and headspace to the cause because it absolutely doesn't, or at least not the way I do it anyway. For me, it's all about the small steps, the new habits that we can easily incorporate into our daily lives that make a difference. No one is expecting you to become a plastic-free monk or nun who issues all things plastic and never eats a bag of crisps again. Because we have crisps in our house. (laughs) It's all about becoming plastic conscious, becoming more aware of the plastic, and we're talking single-use plastics here, remember, mainly, that you're using and that one by one, step by step, working out ways to replace or reduce them that work for you. So I hope that that helps make this big, overwhelming, all-encompassing issue of plastic feel a bit more tackleable. Do let me know. And also let me know, are you joining in with Plastic Free July? And if so, what one change would you love to make this month? Let me know, drop me an email on jen at sustainableish.co.uk or come and tag me on social media where you'll find me at sustainableish pretty much everywhere. And if you've got friends or family who you think are wanting to start making a few plastic free-ish changes, then do share this episode with them if you think it would be helpful. 
And as ever, if you've enjoyed this episode, please do leave a rating and a review wherever you get your podcasts. Have a wonderful first week of Plastic Free July and I will catch you next time. Take care. You've been listening to Sustainable-ish, you wonderful sack of loveliness, with me, Jen Gale. Hopefully we've fired some neurons and we've got the old grey matter thinking about what changes you can make in your life this week to live that little bit more sustainably. Do let me know what that is. I love to hear about the changes that people are making, big or small, every single one counts. If you've enjoyed the show, and I hope you have, do hop over to iTunes to leave a comment or a review and then the bots at iTunes will cotton on to just how awesome it is and it will show up in more people's feeds. Or at least I think that's how it works. Thanks so much for listening. I will catch you next time. Bye.